there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, do, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was, that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. I'm Luke. I'm Salty. I'm Cam. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for asking. How are mm-hmm. you? I'm pretty good, thanks. You had a good week? It's been all right. Yeah. What is it? Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so far, so good. Usually we record on a Monday. Mm. Been a Tuesday for the last yeah. couple. You know what they say? Variety's the spice of life, boys. Yeah. Yep. Should we do a podcast? We should do a yeah. podcast. Because right. as riveting as that content was, <laughs> let's get on with it. Days of the week content. Yeah. What do we got? What do we got on the old docket? All Three, right. two, one. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. Key Largo, Montego. Baby, why don't we go down to Coco Get there fast and then we'll take it slow. That's where we want to go. Were you guys a little bit late? Because you were rehearsing this on the way? Uh, yes, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I should have tweaked to that because I saw Cam on Spotify today. You were listening to Beach Boys. Yeah. I should have thought. I bet you he's going to. This should be the first clue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Yeah. What, Kokomo? No. That's stupid. Cut all that. Cut it all. No, that's dang. That was great. <laughs> you guys did such a good job of that. There's yeah. harmonies and everything. Yeah. So we'd start with the Bermuda Triangle. A classic. One thing, it's a fucking triangle. Yeah. Hmm. Straight off the bat. That's all you need to say. Are we going to go straight into that or do you want to mention what we're going to do after that? They'll get, they will hear about it when we talk about it. You don't want to tease? What, tease what? It's not the, the actual radio where we have to keep them listening. Yeah. They're, what if, they're stuck. They have no choice. What if someone's like, right, if they don't talk about my pet UFO project, my pet UFO love, not that this is UFOs that we're talking about. Yeah. Mm. And the other thing <laughs> we're going to talk about is, is the Westall UFO incident. All right. So, you know. Something a little bit tropical, exotic. Yep. And something a little bit more Geelong. Is that near Geelong? Yeah, no, it's not. It's near Clayton. Oh, wherever. <laughs> near near to us anyway. Yeah. And yeah. here in Melbourne. Something a little more Clayton. Something yeah, a little yeah. a little more uh like Oakley South. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh so Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. What is it? It's a bit of a classic, right? Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows about the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. Well, is it now though? I remember when I was a kid, yeah. Bermuda Triangle was like massive. Yeah. But is it anymore? I feel like things don't go missing in it anymore. 
Well, maybe we improved radar enough. <laughs> well, one of the videos I watched flashed up a factoid, and you know how they're always completely 100% accurate, which said on average four aircraft and 20 yachts go missing every year. Well, surely, surely we would be hearing about this. Yeah. This yeah. is still going on to that degree. So they did uh, Lloyd's. They did all the shipping stuff. Right. They just said basically there's no – I don't think they had anything happening in the Bermuda Triangle at all. Right. Whatever? Uh, I don't think so. And it's <laughs> like a really busy shipping channel. Yeah. Um, you know, there might be one or two cases, but it seemed to be all the research into it just said, eh, no. Like it's in the tropics. So I imagine there's some storms. Yeah. Uh, there's talk well, of the methane – Bubble right. ups. So yeah. that was always my, like when I was a kid, it was like, boom, you're trying to And then I remember at some stage in my teen years, maybe seeing something on TV where they sort of demonstrated that not on, on a curiosity show esque program, probably not that one it was probably a bit after that, but they showed a thing like where a they had right curiosity. Show. Yeah. Like some knockoff bullshit one. I don't know what the curiosity show is. Like an Australian scope thing? or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, they, they showed like they had a thing of water and they put a boat on it and then they blew bubbles up and the boat just fucking sank to the bottom. Did Mythbusters do that? Maybe it, it wouldn't have been Mythbusters. It would have been before Mythbusters. Okay. But I then, think they might have done something similar. Right. And then they did a similar thing, I think, with a balloon or something with something in it, helium, mm. and then they put gas through the air mm. and it made it drop. Mm. Can I just add, whenever you, you do the heli- helium voice thing, yeah, it's always way better than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Helium, helium voice thing, fucking hilarious. Never gets old. But you know what? Helium is like a finite resource, so you shouldn't be fucking wasting it on no, silly one, voices. I, I well, we, sh- we shouldn't be wasting it on like science and shit. We should just be using it for yeah. voices. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've only got so many years of comedy gold left. Yeah. No, uh, apparently the ones they use in balloons and stuff is garbage anyway. It wouldn't be used. It's not, not good quality. Yeah, I think that like... When we run out of the good helium, they're going to be like, I wish we still had some shit helium. Yeah. Or, hey, remember all those good times when we had squeaky voices? Yeah. <laughs> you may right. can just do a squeaky voice whenever you want. Yeah. Oh, but a helium. Especially sh- you, Robbo. Fuck yes. But yeah, so, but we're not talking about helium, we're talking about yeah. methane. <laughs> but yeah, that was always, I remember seeing that when I was younger and going, Oh, that's why shit goes missing because it either falls out of the sky or sinks because of the gas. Mm. And I just assumed that was accepted fact. Mm. Yeah, I don't think there's anything unusual about that area. Right. Well, that doesn't really gel with uh, some of the documentaries I've seen where a plane is flying through the Bermuda Triangle, suddenly out of nowhere, clouds, Mm. not gas, but ordinary clouds, Mm. then they're just gone. Like a, like Explain a, that. Like weather. No, the, then the plane's gone. Oh, the plane's gone. How did you see the video? It was on, on the TV. Documentary. It was mm. on a documentary, I assume. Mm. Mm. Who was filming then? I don't know. What? Ha- yeah, what happened to them? Yeah. I feel like this isn't completely factual. I don't, well, I don't, I'm just going off my memory. Uh, do we want to go back to the start of the old Bermuda Triangle? Yeah, why not? Do you guys know the start of the Bermuda Triangle? Christopher Columbus. Yeah, old CC, not the director of Home Alone. No. Other guy, yep. more famous one. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't know if old CC is going to catch on. <laughs> so he he documented that his compasses and everything went wacky when he was sailing through there. Mm. And, and he, I think he even talked about heading back. 
Right. So panicked by the whole situation. Oh, yeah, that classic thing that happens with gas <clears throat> makes your compasses go all screwy. Makes sense. Well, does Why it make so sense? Andy, the gas theory. Yeah. Because his compasses have gone mad. Yeah, yeah. it's obviously something else. Yeah. But he also, I think, um, I mean, this is probably just tying back to the whole there's heaps of storms there. He documented there was like a big fireball in the sky while he was traveling through there. Yeah, it was right. like had real still waters. His compass went wacky. There was a big fireball in the sky, which to me just sounds like the sun. middle of a tropical <laughs> storm or something, you know, like and then there might have been some lightning, some ball lightning maybe. One time I was um, unloading fishing boats and there was only room for one person in the hold. Until you got further in, so you had to dig out all the ice. So there's a the other guy was in there. It was a sunny day. Clouds come over, got fucking drenched. Ten minutes later, old fella pops up. Sunny as I'm standing there, completely drenched. He's like, "What the hell? What the hell happened? Weather? Quick storm? Yep, yeah, quick storm. Happened anywhere? Yeah. He was pretty convincing at making it sound like he'd done manual labour too. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> Like standing on top of the thing, really. It's like an excellent brand pivot there. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> what else have we got? Um, so after old Chris Columbus, he it sort of did, nothing really happened until the fifties, it seems. So there was kind of some mentions of it, but like no one really talked about it that much. Yeah. And then in the fifties, articles started appearing in Miami papers about lost planes and boats. Uh, one the the main one was flight nineteen, and the which is actually five bombers. It wasn't a flight. Oh, was so this is early in aviation days then. Yeah, yeah, that only made nineteen. <laughs> it's numbers twelve through nineteen, whatever it is. 14. I had nineteen forty five for the bomber thing. Oh, okay. I had fifty and fifty two. Okay, but interesting Mandela mm. effect at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or some sort of time vortex. Oh, also a Bermuda Triangle theory. Okay. I feel like you're spoiling your own stories. No, nah, nah. we'll get there. Um, and this this guy said on the on the old radio, uh, he said we we're, we're entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green, no white. Apparently, they disappeared. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, what I where read, could they have gone? <laughs> the thing that I read said six navy bombers all went missing. Then so did the crews sent to rescue them. Whoa! I didn't see that part. I mean, this was just on a YouTube video with 10 weird facts about Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> I can't put any credit to it. That is a weird fact, though. You can't deny mm. it. But, yeah, they were reported as saying nothing. everything looks strange, even the ocean. Mm. So it's like, well, they just they fly through a gas cloud and they started massively tripping balls. Just, yeah. Weather's pretty weird. Everything's weird. Yeah, all right, we get it. Weather's weird. All right, you've yeah. made your point. There's time that I was doing manual labour. <laughs> Uh, Vincent Gaddis coined it in 1964. Mm. Yep. Devil's Triangle. Yep. Yeah. And what's the triangle between? Uh, Puerto Rico, Florida, and Bermuda. Mm. The boundaries, from what I understand, change. Yeah, they're pretty vague boundaries. Yeah, depending on Can, depending on where something crashes. Yeah, if you want to extend it out a little bit, feel free. So there was also a story about a plane that jumped forward in time. Did you come across this? No, I remember seeing that years ago though. So there was a plane flying towards Miami and it sort of vanished off all the radars and then appeared like way further ahead of where it was was when it disappeared. Like it jumped forward. It would have had to have travelled at like some supersonic speed to get there but the plane could only do like 300 kilometres an hour or something and they reckon it was some sort of time vortex. He reported being in a tunnel of clouds or missed, mm-hmm. then suddenly it was like half an hour later 
and he was like over Miami somewhere. Jeez. What year was this? This was semi-recently, I think, because it was uh, like a light plane, like a oh, okay. Cessna kind of thing. Well, not to robo it up, but I was going to say, like, if it was back in the day, like if you've got a, like a like clouds going around in a vortex, that'd be like 1960s era special effects. And you're like, oh, how interesting that uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you're reporting is like consistent with the special effects of the day. Yeah. Now, if he was going through like a, vo- like a Doctor Who vortex with bloody... People's faces popping up out of it, yeah. But like the fancy ones, a, cl- a clock flies past, yeah. yeah. Like, but you know, all right. I've tripped myself up because basically that hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah. If he's going past some like real 4K CGI graphics, yeah, I'm like interesting. <laughs> but if it was back to the day, he's like, oh, I was just going past some crappy 1960s graphics. <laughs> you really <laughs> tripped yourself up on this one. <laughs> I can see your point. But if he's in the modern um, day and he's like, oh, I was going past shitty. 1960s graphics. It was all black and white. Yeah. What's going on there? Do you think if you were a drug runner and you got caught in the wrong part of the sky, you're like, well, what the hell are you doing in this part of the sky? Oh, Bermuda Triangle. Don't no. don't check my cargo. Nah. Uh. I reckon first thing you do at drug runner school is like excuses 101. Yeah. Like you've got to come up. <laughs> like if you get caught... Not where you're supposed to be. Here's your excuse. Yeah, Bermuda Triangle. First one. Good excuse. We're in that area. I think the first thing you should learn is to fly low enough to not be picked up on radar, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing or is that just a movie thing? I don't know. That's got to be a thing. Yeah, it yeah. must be. It's in movies and video games, so it must be yeah. real. Mm. No, no, good point. Good point. TV as well. Yep. Mm. So the, um, the, the guy that had the fog, there was this guy on a YouTube video talking about electrical fog, which is like a thing that... Like it, where there's a lot of storms. So a lot of storms apparently originate in that area. They form low and high pressure systems and all that kind of how weather works. <laughs> it's a crazy thing. Not going to basic bitch it up here, <laughs> but that's how weather works. Um, apparently electrical fog can kind of cling itself onto things like static. Mm. Oh, yeah. Especially maybe like a big metal thing. Like in a the big sky. metal thing flying through the sky. Like and a UFO. A, yeah, like a UFO. But... This guy had like a, a plane compass and then it's this coil of wire wrapped up to a battery that was like supposed to be mimicking what that's like in the sky and he put it around the compass and the compass just started going nuts. Oh, okay. So saying that that, that is probably a phenomenon that planes might encounter if this electrical fog just fucking get, makes all their instruments go wacky. But he did also say that if there's that much energy in the sky... It could be enough to open a vortex. It could be enough, yeah, to bloody fold time and space. Whoa, Whoa. wait, did he say this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I like how he went from rational to, like, <laughs> fucking unexplainable. What are you talking about? Okay, no, carry on. Sorry. It's completely rational. It's, it's all energy. It's all Einstein, right? I yeah. guess so, yeah. You, you, That's a lot of energy, though. It's like a piece of paper, like point A, point B, you fold the two points together, bend space, and you've got nowhere to... no. No distance to travel. You just end yeah. up slightly further ahead in Miami. The closest distance between two points in space, you might think if you'd listened to our previous episodes, is a straight line. Yeah. No, no ley lines in space. But not if you bend space and time, then the two things coexist. You just pop through, the energy dissipates and space unfolds itself. I've got to say, Salty, if I learned anything from last week, it's that trying to get Robbo on board with this would be a fool's errand. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Cutting that. <laughs> Don't cut that. <laughs> so what other theories did you come across? Did um, you come across the Atlantis one? 
Yeah, I came across Atlantis. I didn't really go down that that hole, so to speak, just mm. because I figured they were going to say Atlantis could be underneath it. Yeah, well, the, the thing is Atlantis could be down there and their power crystals. Oh, that came up. I'm messing up the... Uh, yeah, but the, do it. The, the magnetic fields in the air above. I feel like the Nazis would have twigged to that. Yeah. Because they were looking for such things. This is true. But maybe they just went there to look for it and disappeared like everyone else. (laughs) Didn't we say that they only got onto this in the 50s? Yeah. Yeah, so the Nazis, they never thought to look. That's fair. Idiots. Yeah. I... Oh, actually, no, I did kind of come across something Atlantis-y. It wasn't exactly Atlantis-y, but it was an oceanographer, according to this video. An oceanographer stated that there is technology underneath the ocean where Mm -hmm. the triangle is. And current technology isn't able to detect or search for it. Right. So right. it's there. Is this linked to the crystal pyramids? Didn't say, but I mean, if there's something we can't detect, crystal pyramids make sense. Mm. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> Does it, Robo? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you think I was serious when I said that? That's That was another theory. There's a crystal pyramid under the Bermuda Triangle they found. That'd look cool. A triangle in the triangle. A pyramid under the triangle. Mm. Crystal pyramid. Pyramid Now, there was a lot of articles and a lot of videos about it, but I just didn't get time to look at them. Okay. So I I don't know what the basis of that was. Well, I saw one that talked about triangles for sure, and it talked about prisms. Right. I don't know if this was parody or not. It was one of those robot ones. Mm. Right. Um, And it started... (laughs) It's like I think I might have watched the same one. I think it was parody. Okay. Were you not sure for a while? Because <laughs> it goes, what else is a triangle? And it starts to sharpen an Illuminati eye and then it yeah. goes, a prism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can see through. Um, but it says, before watching this, pretend this is a pun because I can't come up with one. Yeah, that was the same video. And then it's like a prism um, and in the US, colour is missing a U. Uh, and then I can't remember, something else was missing a U. Know, and then they go to the Antarctic. It was like, very confusing. I got as far as that and I was like, look, if these guys aren't going to take this seriously, <laughs> I'm turning this video off. It's tricky because do you remember it was like one of the first things we did about on the flat earth. There was a guy that basically did the same thing and his conclusion was that earth was a prism. Yeah. But he was making all of the same sort of fucking jumps but he was 100% sincere about it. <laughs> well, that's, and, and if you've got robot voice... Yeah. I think robot voice is a sign that there's some someone sincere at some point. Yeah. Now, yeah. uh, did you guys find out much about uh, UFO activity in the Bermuda Triangle? A lot of sightings. Mm. Now, in looking up that, I come across Ortec. You guys come across Ortec? A-U-T-E-C? No. Tell me more. So Ortec is basically referred to as the bloody Naval Area 51. Right. Okay. So ORTEC stands for the Atlantic Undersea Test and Evaluation Centre. It's a military base down there. Mm-hmm. And what all they do is test and do 3D hydrospace, aerospace traje- trajectory modelling yep. for warfare. So that's where they test missiles and, mm. s- and torpedoes and stuff like that. Are they though? Or is it a secret UFO cover-up base, same as Area 51 on land? They need yeah. one in the sea. Yep. Because you can't be like if a bloody UFO goes down in the sea, yeah, you can't be like oh we'll send a we'll send a boat out we'll send out some bloody navy divers fresh from burying Harold Holt, and then they have to drag it up onto the beach and people are like trying to eat ice cream and sunbathe and shit, crane it up onto a truck, put a tarp over it, yeah, do, do you think drive it out into the desert? Do you think there's even any uh, jurisdiction arguments? 
like if it crashes half on the beach and half on the water and the Area 51 guys turn up and the Navy guys turn up and they're like... Could be. Hey, this is our case. Yeah. You get out of here, you Arctic cowboys. <laughs> One of his voices was so much tougher than the other. Yeah. Well, Were those two different voices? Yeah, two different people. Yeah. One's... One's very sure of himself. Yeah. One of them was a little unsure of himself. Yeah, the um, Area 51 guy. Yeah, he's like, look. Because he doesn't know if he exists. Yeah, and he's like, look, I know this is their case. Yeah. It's on, it's on I've, the beach. Got, I've, got to, I've got to impress the ladies on the beach. If it's, <laughs> if it's touching water, he's like one of those 99-pound weakling guys from the back <laughs> of the magazines. You know. This is a sand kicked in his face. <laughs> This is a classic reference that everyone will understand in 2017. He's like one of those guys from the back of the magazine. The fucking Ortec guy is like the tough jock. Yeah. Because this is his turf. Yeah. No. He, lives, he lives in the water. So it was it's David Hasselhoff. Yeah. Basically, that's probably what Hasselhoff was doing <laughs> on the beach. There was like decade, oh, so many different decades of reference there. Yeah. So, so, so it's something for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all in the one thing, so it's something for nobody. So <laughs> what are they What are they researching? Well, it's all military-based. So they're, they're researching how to shoot missiles through the air and through space and water, zero-gravity stuff. How far from – is it at Bermuda Triangle? It's right nearby. Okay. So there's a place called the Tongue of the Ocean, mm-hmm. which is this like little bit of ocean that's dead flat, dead featureless okay. in a little peninsula bit. It's in there. It's right next to where the... Was it called the tongue of the ocean? Oh, no. It's, I think just because of the way it's shaped, maybe. Oh, okay. Good for boating, I imagine. Well, good for testing bloody secret military yeah, so alien technology probably bad for boating. Probably shit for boating because you keep on getting blown up. Yeah. yeah. Now, we've done a fair bit of research on the different types of aliens. There mm-hmm. are some aquatic-based ones. Obviously. So are they just trying to cater to those guys? I've listened to a lot of prog metal albums... Aliens quite often are water-based. Yep. You got to bloody test your. What if? What if they go? All right, we've got to leave Earth. The only planet we can find is this fucking ocean world. Yeah. We need to go bomb them. We need to go get rid of the current inhabitants. We can't just take planes because our bombs are just going to go sploosh and do nothing. You stay out of this area, fifty-one. Yeah. This is ours. Ortex got this one. Yeah. Uh, do you know? Want to know what else lives in the ocean? Fish. Mermaids. Mermaids. Oh. Bermuda Triangle mermaids. How are the mermaids fucking up the planes though? Uh, well, What's going on? This or is it just with their siren songs? Well, mm. This one that I read was mostly about the boats and the story, it was like a weird collage um, YouTube thing and it had text over it and it was said a rich girl named Tracy and her mum went to Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, her, they actually said a rich girl named Tracy and her mum. Her yeah. mum or her mom? Her mom. Right. And they were there to investigate the old Bermuda Triangle, they will see for themselves. Yeah. They got some bad weather. That's a fucking big mistake. Oh, foolish. Yeah. Tracy, she's not an experienced, experienced boater. No. But that's what they're called. Yep. <laughs> they got in a bit of bad weather. It's fucking fish stories falling apart, isn't mm. it? Hey, who's talking about mermaids here? The bloody salty sea dog. <laughs> yep. Uh, salty sea word, maybe. Go on. Got a bit of bad weather. Mermaid jumped onto the boat. The mum tried to stab the mermaid, got the mermaid, green goo comes out, mum gets killed anyway by the mermaid, Tracy gets back to bloody land, manages to get back somehow, the mermaid must have scarpered the side of the goo, and then they locked her up. Right. Now she's in an insane asylum. I thought you were going to say. Just for killing her mum. 
Well, yeah, they're like, you clearly killed your mum. Yeah, there's no such thing as mum. Yeah, no, or the Bermuda Triangle, and why would you take a boat out there? Yeah. You're a rich girl, you could hire someone. Yeah. I thought maybe the mermaid was like being all alluring on a rock, going, ooh, come and get me. I also saw footage of, of mermaids that are washed up on the beach, two right. of them. And Did you really? Yeah, on the on the old um, YouTube, yep. just uh, photos. Yeah. So, mermaids. Mermaids did it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the, unfortunately, the thing where it's like planes and boats disappearing, like so many theories only work for one of them. Mm. I was thinking with the, even with the UFO thing, so it's like, all right, we're saying that things first started going crazy when Christopher Columbus arrived. But why would UFOs be hanging around in Christopher Columbus times before it was a busy shipping route full of unsuspecting pilots yeah, and boat pilots to be nabbed? You'd be hanging around another busier routes. Yeah. Um, I also found someone else, sorry, that I forgot, uh, was also getting their Reiki done. I don't know what that means. Their Reiki? Healing. Yeah. Uh, and the person doing their Reiki said that they, or no, sorry, during the, the Reiki, they got messages saying that she was once a mermaid in the past. Is acupuncture adjacent? Mm. The old Reiki therapy? No. Yeah, it's like a adjacent healing. Yeah. yeah same sort of in that sense so of I think area. is it you put your hands over so you're not yeah. actually touching? Yeah. It's energy. So it's the opposite of acupuncture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think, you know, acupuncture is actually, I think, relatively effective. Yeah, and so this is the opposite of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, she posted about this on a forum and then someone followed it up and said, look, I'm nowhere near you but I can get the sense that, that you're telling the truth and I also get messages from mermaids sometimes. Right. That's two sources. Yeah, okay. If I was the New York Times... Yeah, if you were the guy from the newsroom, yep. you'd be like, unlike other less reputable news reporters, yep. this is all we need. Mm. Yeah, run with it. Yeah. What a scoop. They would have they would have been running it just based on the pictures on the yeah. YouTube video. Yeah, no. Ooh. Foolish, foolish. We followed up. Those fools. Uh, I also got, and this might explain your um, why it's only boats, one or t'other, not yeah. both. I can't remember where I wrote it. <laughs> what? Yep, go on. You ever heard of... Explain about one or t'other. <laughs> you ever heard of air bombs? 170 miles per hour cloud formations that they just form and then blast down through the sky. <laughs> Crashing into things. Right. These are actual things. These are scientifically proven things. It's reported in Fox News, reported in The Sun, yep. reported in the Daily Mail. Right. Yep. All pretty reputable. Yep. So it's three sources. Um, Science Channel, which is actually a, a pay TV channel. Yep. Uh, they had a bit of a documentary on it. They also had a documentary on the curse of Merlin. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> And so it's five sources now. Oh, sorry. Also, if you count the Merlin thing. Also, CNN had a little story on it as well on their website. Oh yeah. And then um, also on Science Channel, they had the story of a giant tsunami that they saw from space that disappeared. And then someone said, "Oh, it's probably just a computer glitch." Yeah. And then they said, "No, it was. You know, these are so good. Like these satellites are so good. Yeah. That it wouldn't be a glitch. It's probably a man-made weapon." Oh yeah. So Science Channel seems to be. Are pretty across these things. Yeah. Weather bombs. There's a sneaky little weather bomb. Yeah. You know what they say? Weather's weird.
to, to Aruba. No, wait a second. We don't have a UFO song. I really hoped you had a parody version all worked out. No. Ready? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dandenong, Clayton. Ooh, I want to go to Chadston. Yeah. Right, that's all I got. So, meanwhile, <laughs> f- slightly less exotic. Yeah. Yep. Still pretty exotic. Out in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, much closer to our hearts. Down mm. Moorabbin Way. Yep. Popping on Pick Apart. Popping on a. What's pick apart? Keep it, the place where you keep your eyes open for a bargain. Car City. Oh yeah. Pop down to Car City. Yeah. Where everything's cheap. Oh, that you might know, be pick apart. You didn't have pick apart in New Zealand. I don't know what it is. I don't is know it? what that is either. Oh, it was this place where you went. It was like a big yard full of all like broken down cars. You could just go and grab the parts out. Right, like a wreckers. Yeah. Oh, but, so you're picking apart. Yeah, you pick it's apart. A bit of a pan word. Yeah, pick words. apart, pick apart, pick apart, pick apart. Right. That's the song. That's good. Anyway, keep your eyes open for a bargain car city, Maroon Highway, Ringwood. Yeah. Uh, Home of the Pride of Ringwood Hop, yeah. the famous uh, Australian hop variety. Anyway, cut all this. No, that's good. We'll leave that fact in. Uh, <laughs> and Maroondah Way. Is it Maroondah? No, it's Moorabbin. Moorabbin. Yeah. They must be reasonably close. Oh, my Lord. All right, can we start again? <laughs> yeah, I think we yeah. should start again. Westall. All right. Out in the east. Are we starting from the very start? No, or we... Let's start from the start. Okay. Right. All right. Are we going to, into song? Because I enjoyed the song. Just cut that in. Oh, that's way too much effort. Westall. Yes. And the Westall incident of 1966. Classic. Classic UFO incident. Did you, Cam, you obviously have known about this one for a while. Mm-hmm. Salty, did you know about this one till before Cam no, mentioned it? No, not before we started this podcast and we had mentioned it before. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. Very well, well witnessed. What is it? Let's let's well, go for this from the start. This yeah. is what I love most about it is that it's just like it's just a normal UFO thing, like any city might have. But what all of the other cities, what Roswell, what places around all of those other countries don't have, yep. are a bunch of fucking bogan children. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a school full of children out at recess. Oh, was it recess or like a sports class? Uh, well, the story I heard was either recess or sports. I think it's, yeah, it's slightly ambiguous yeah. at exactly when it was. There's okay. a lot of ambiguity floating around this one. Yep. All right, so let's just let's just say what sort of happened. Yeah, UFOs come down. It's about recess or play lunch. Yeah, mm-hmm. little lunch. Mm-hmm. Little lunch? You not heard of that? That might be a Queensland thing yeah. or South Australian thing. South it's Australian. not South Australian. That'd be recess. Play lunch time. Yeah. Yep. You have your bloody fruit roll up, your yep. little snack. Yeah, the little the little kangaroos that you dip in the in the hazelnut Dunkaroos. Spread. Yeah, a little dunkaroo. Yep. People offering up their play lunches to be best friends. Yep. Etc. People being stabbed for their apples. Yeah. Anyway, it's play lunch. All's fine, except next minute, it's a huge bloody flying saucer in the sky. Jesus. Now, when you say huge, do you mean huge or do you mean roughly the size of a family sedan? I mean roughly the size of a family sedan. <laughs> I, thought I read twice the size of a family sedan. All right. Sedan. Yeah. Here comes the ambiguity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a... Uh, just measure things by Holden to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. A flying saucer that is between 
the size of and twice the size of a family sedan. Yeah. Yep. Or maybe three. Or three of them, yeah. Or okay. one of them uh, pursued by five others. Yeah. Either hovers above or lands at <laughs> Westall High School. Yeah. Well, in a little park behind the school. Yeah. Where mm. they used to go and do a bit of running around and stuff, apparently. Yeah. Making out, no doubt. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. as if kids weren't smashing durries. Yeah. Out of the park. Dark, should we go down, down the park? Should we go down the Grange? Smash some darts. Grandstand at our school. Sneak over to the race course grandstand. Smoke yeah. a few darts. Uh, I didn't. I didn't smoke underage smoke, so I wouldn't know. We had an alley that we nicknamed Skeg Alley. <laughs> so all the Skegs went. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're getting off track. Again. Yeah. So a UFO or UFOs hovered and or landed behind a school. Yeah bunch of kids were like whoa like heaps of kids like 200 200 kids were like holy shit it's a fucking ufo they probably didn't but they were like oh my god it's ufo crikey crikey one of the kids ran into a class and was like there's flying saucers everywhere and everyone kind of just bolted outside and it's like whoa look at that one kid approaches the ufo Mm. touches it is knocked to the ground faints Knocked out. Cold. Bundled into an ambulance. This is uh, Tanya. Yep, Tanya. Next day, back at school. No. Never seen again. Never seen again. Tanya. Yep. Maybe she had um, you know, sneaky pregnancy. They had to, 60s, send her to a school for wayward so women. What, they went through this elaborate UFO thing Just to, to cover up the out. pregnancy. You never know. Oh, yeah. No, you're right, Robbo. It was a different time. Different mores. Yeah. They would have been like, yeah, we do have to fake a huge flying saucer landing in the air behind the school yeah, to, to cover, cover up this a teen up. pregnancy. That'd be fucking stupid. We don't have YouTube yet. That'd no one's going to bloody out us for having a false flag. <laughs> <laughs> so the, a bunch of the, the kids now at the, for the 50, 50 year anniversary of it, was it? Yeah, last year. Last year. A bunch of the, the kids were interviewed on Studio 10. Mm. Now much older. Now 50 years older. Mm. Yeah. And still pretty... Adamant. Pretty adamant about it. But also still ambiguous. Yeah, still like there's different stories. <laughs> right. Story. So one of them was like, yeah, there were three and then one of them landed and then they asked, they talked to the next woman who's just there and she's like, yeah, I don't remember there being three. I remember there being one, but you know. Old lying Sally at her old yeah, tricks again. Maybe I wasn't paying attention or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the game of knuckle bones to win. Yeah. It was marble season. <laughs> but um, did you guys have marble season? Not we a didn't have a season. No. How did marble season work? Well, I've never been able to work it out. I'm assuming the teachers just decided, okay, now you can play marbles. So everyone went fucking mental for was marbles there, for like a, a couple of weeks. Was there a preseason as well? Were you no, no. It was just games? all of a sudden it was marble season, and everyone had just fucking oh, fucking huge amounts of marbles. I don't know where they were before that. I feel like the teachers must have recognised that, uh, you know, if they ban marbles. You're just going to drive it underground. Yeah. Mm. You're just going to radicalise all the marbles. Yeah. We'll regulate it. Yeah. It's better to have, yeah, this organised chaos than just chaos. Yeah. Mm. That's sensible. So for a couple of weeks of the year. See, we've solved one mystery today. Yeah. A couple of weeks of the year, there was a little strip of footpath. Yeah. Where everyone just fucking had marble games. That's awesome. Yeah. But anyway. Were you, were you a good marbler? Uh, no, I wasn't that great. And I never had fancy marbles. I was a working class kid. I couldn't afford you win the marbles, fancy though. glass balls. You bloody win them. Yeah, but you need lots to practice. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I didn't have lots. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. you can't lose it. Like if, you, 
if you're just a poor working class kid, you can't be losing like good cat size. Yeah. Mm. Moon, cat ties. Moonies and stuff. Cat ties weren't good. Come on, kid. Had a couple of steelies at one point. My, dad, they, wor- my dad worked at the, the steelworks. So yeah, they gave this huge ball bearing. <laughs> the ball bearing. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating, surely. <laughs> Probably. And that's, that's why they're like, oh, did they have marble season? Or did they, they're like, oh, let's let them play marbles. We won't have another bloody ball bearing incident again. <laughs> <laughs> Every year. So um, I fucking can't remember where we were it's at. So on track. <laughs> so this, so these women were on on this on the show on Studio Ten, and there was a some researcher guy who's interested in the event and has been looking into it for a Not few like years. Peter McMillan. Uh, maybe that was him. One of mine. But um, yeah. What I find what I found interesting about it was the fact that their stories were so different. Mm. Like I would have thought if you had been fifty years lifelong with all these people sticking to a story, in fifty years everyone would have the same story. Mm. You're like we've got to we've got to make sure we're all on the same page here. But the the differences in it make me kind of maybe there was something to it. Maybe ah. something did happen, and they're just because you remember things differently. Yeah. yeah. And so, so because their stories don't align because they're all just trying to copy everyone else's stories. Yeah, they're not all just saying the same shit. They've all got their own interpretation of what happened that day. Mm. There's all They've all got little details that are different to the, another person's details. On the segment, because I didn't watch it, but did they find someone that doesn't believe it that was there at the time? No. No. But they, yeah, they just had a couple of the people. Yeah, there was there. like three of them. Because I feel like if the people on there are going to be pretty biased, like... Hey, we don't want to do this about this UFO event. Yeah. Normal old Johnny who's gone and become a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, I got no time for that. I'm a lawyer. Well, to be fair, there was like 198 witnesses that weren't on the show. Yeah. Yeah. But like, then surely there's one that could have actually would have said, no, nah, there was nothing there. It's weird that on their breakfast TV show, they weren't like, oh, we need a Robbo for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called Journalistic Balance Cam. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Robbing It Up. Shane Ryan was the researcher. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So he said that he ended up talking to like 90-something people. When I wrote it down. Sure, I wrote it down. 147 people talked to him about seeing the landing circles from where it was. And 96 people have talked to him about seeing the actual flying saucers. So he's had a lot of yeah. people talk to him and come out and talk to him. One person who I don't think has talked to him, though, is Tanya, yeah. <laughs> who vanished. So did we find Tanya then in the end? Well, Tanya has apparently spoken to a researcher in the years since, but she didn't want to use her. She, she wanted to stay incognito. Yeah, she keeps herself anonymous. Okay. But so in on the Studio 10 thing, it's, it was actually really annoying because uh, this one woman was like, yeah, and then Tanya fainted and she was bundled off into the ambulance and then we never saw her again. And then they just sort of keep on talking about something else. And it's like, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the biggest part of the story. It's like, I'm like, fair enough. I understand uh, Denise Drysdale. Yeah. You're not a bloody crack investigative journalist. <laughs> I can understand you letting this go. Yeah. But Joe Hildebrand, the Daily Telegraph's finest, don't have any follow-up questions on that, mate? No. A girl's gone missing. But then, just proving uh, appearances can be deceiving, who but Denise Drysdale, like a few minutes later, follows it up. 
She's like, hang on a second, what happened with the girl that went missing? So apparently the next, like the next day, one of these women that was on the show went to Tanya's house. Mm. She'd been over there a bunch of times, play dates and things. She rocked up. A little bit of folly work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, is, Tan- is Tanya home? Is she okay? Yeah, Tanya, some sort of European. Yeah, Yugoslavian parents yeah, or parents something. Don't, parents don't speak English. Yep. Not a problem though. I know what you're thinking. That's going to be a bloody language barrier they're going to have to get past. I uh, wasn't, but now I am. <laughs> Not a problem though, Robbo. Because uh, who should answer the door? But a uh, British woman who tells her Tanya doesn't live here. Nobody of that name has ever lived here. Mandala effect. Well, this is the thing. Was she being duped by a woman in black? Ah, a wib. A wib saying, no, she's never lived here. Yeah. No, 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 no one here by that name. No one here by that name. Now run along, you little scam. Run along. Or has she just gone to the wrong house? Yeah. I think she's probably gone to that. Or has it been like when I went to Indonesia as a kid and uh, I'd made friends with uh, Veggie, get, get over to Surabaya, Veggie's given me his email address so we can stay in touch. Send him a sneaky email. Oh, g'day, Veggie. It's me, Cam. I've touched down. Hope we can uh, maintain our friendship via email. Here's a little uh, Star Trek wave for you. Was it really a Star Trek wave? Because we, you know, we bonded over our, our love of Star Trek and Star Wars. Okay. He was a Star Trek kid. I was a Star Wars kid. You bonded? Yeah. Phenomenal. Here's a little, uh, here's a little wave of uh, Chewbacca or something. Yeah. Or a bloody Klingon. Maybe that one of the uh, Stormtrooper hitting his head. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Doesn't really translate that well to what the wave format. Hmm. Oh, yeah, no, because it's, yeah. Yeah, this is the 90s, mate. Yeah. Sorry. We're not sending videos. <laughs> we are sending uncompressed wave files. Wave files. Yeah. <laughs> Next minute, email back. Oh, hi, Cam. I think you've got the wrong email. No one by that name here. Oh. But it just turned out his mum didn't know that his nickname was Veggie because he was a vegetarian. I was like, hey, Sue, young Aaron, you've raised him as a vegetarian. I can do the math. Yeah. For Christ's sake. So it wasn't his email, it was a family email. Yeah, it was, it was like his mum's email address. It was the 90s. We were children. We didn't have our own email addresses. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, I did in the 90s, but I was just a bit of a cool dude, that's all. Yeah. I don't know. Has he undone his uh, all of his manly fish? I think so. <laughs> Fishingness with that revelation? Meanwhile, I've managed to get away with my Star Trek Star Wars. <laughs> you did not get away with it. She's rocked up at the house, gone. A bit more folly work. Oh, g'day. Is, uh, is Tazza here? Yeah. And she's gone, there's no one here by that name. Yeah. There's we're, never been anyone here by that name. We're proud Yugoslavians. We're not going yeah. to debase ourselves with this Tazza shit. See, because maybe this chick just was like, I thought she was English. Yeah. It was just a, it was a different accent to Australian. Yeah, yeah. kids kids are rubbish, right? Yeah, like, yeah, maybe it was a Yugoslavian accent, but she was just like one of those people who learns a, another language but picks up a bit of an accent or dialect. dialect. Oh yeah, like you hear um people in Southeast Asia when they've learned off a Kiwi, and right? They speak normally, as yeah. in not with an accent. A lot of and like, then they get to numbers and it's like, oh, I know where you learned. And people from like Iceland and stuff, they have like full on American accents when they learn to speak English. Yeah. So Tanya is a Russian name. Oh, jeez. Do you think Yugoslavian parents would call their kid Tanya if they were moved to Australia? We might have just invented the Yugoslavian bit. Okay. Like it was some sort of some Eastern sort of European. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. 
So she's gone. But then uh, uh, someone found her later on. And what yeah, did she apparently. say? Well, no, she, she's off the record. She doesn't, she doesn't want to be found. So someone found her and said she exists, but she doesn't. Kids used to, like, come and go from primary school all the time, eh? Did they? In terms of not, like, just disappearing, but, you know. At, at the at troubled Westport High. Yeah, because, yeah, like, you'd get, you know, families moving through and be like, there's kids that I knew in primary school and then, like, a year later, you're like, what the hell happened to that kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a bit like. Yeah, and it's just all these rando kids that, like, I could think of a, maybe not 100, but 20 kids that did not make it out of primary school. I don't know what happened to them. Mm. Yeah. UFO? What, a pizza restaurant's opening up in your town? <laughs> <laughs> Bit on the nose. So apparently the the military was dispatched to Westall the next day, mm. sussing around the place. Mm. Some men in blue mm. told the kids to keep your mouths shut. Button it. Don't say anything. You didn't see anything. Kids were apparently told in an assembly. Just forget about it. Just forget about it. The principal was also told, wasn't he? Yeah, I he think was the team, I think well, this is where the ambiguity comes in again because some stories said that only kids saw it and other stories say that kids and teachers saw it but mm. everyone was basically told to keep their mouths shut about it and yeah. forget about it. But, yeah, it's like there's this assembly. They're all told, you know, stop talking about it, stop going on about it. Uh, these women that were on Studio 10, one of them was like, you know, I was out um, giving an interview to Channel 9. Yeah. And uh, this man, like this man came up to me and told me to stop talking about it and to go back inside. And, you know, I got detention because I was on the news about it. Oh. And then that, oh, fuck, it actually made me a little bit grumpy. <laughs> at, the, like at the end of the segment, she's like, yeah, I think that, um, that bullying I experienced from that man really shaped my behaviour in adult life. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you were told once one thing by a guy. <laughs> If I've learned anything, it's that bullying is systematic. <laughs> so the other thing is, so there's all of this and then, yeah, there's the cover-up, so which this is how it was presented on Studio 10. They're like, but the real crime is the cover-up. I was like, wait, what was the crime? I don't think <laughs> there was actually a crime here. Something weird just happened. So this researcher guy said he was quite sceptical at first when he heard about it, but then the the mountain of eyewitness accounts that he came across and the, the amount of people that all come out saying, nah, nah that was that definitely happened, kind of swayed him. Mm. And now he's like, you know what? And he did make the point of going, we're talking about a UFO, like a, an unidentified flying object. Mm. Like don't mix up UFO specifically with flying alien flying saucer. Mm. They saw something. Mm. We're not saying that it was like aliens or whatever. But then again with the ambiguity, there was another report saying the kids saw a grey alien who come out and telepathically <laughs> told them, you need to look after the planet better. Right. And then they took off. But the Studio 10 guys never said that. They just said the thing landed, Tanya touched it, she passed out. Oh, no, they didn't. I don't think they even said that. They just said she passed, she out. passed out. Someone yeah. else got hysterical. Yeah, because one of the women was like, oh, the other girls were all hysterical. <laughs> yeah. I went down there and stood by it. One of them passed out. Everyone else was hysterical. And then it just went up into the sky and took off really quickly. Gee. And she was like, yeah, they tried to tell me it was a weather balloon. Yeah, so the, apparently there was a weather balloon that was like released like east of it mm. uh, that day or like that morning and there was a westerly wind that would have taken it directly there. But anyway, that's what they want you to think. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, it was only reported in the age. 
in like a small thing. Apparently, people at the time were like, oh, "That's weird that the uh, Herald Sun." Yeah, so the, the Age was the, the broadsheet of the time, yeah. and the Herald Sun was the tabloid. Yeah, uh, was it the Herald Sun back then, or was it the? I would have been whatever it was called. Precursor, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was in the Dandong Journal, mm. which I couldn't find the. We needed to pop down to the state library and go through the microfiche. Yeah. yeah. Like real body reporters. Would they have the Dand- Dandenong Journal there? Oh, of course they would. No, oh, sorry. You know foolish, what, foolish question, sorry. You know what we should have done? We should have recorded this bloody episode in the big UFO they've built at the park where the UFO landed. So the park, the playground has a UFO? Yeah. It has a big, yeah, big flying saucer with slides, with coming, slides out coming out of it. That's pretty sweet. So we could have done the episode and had a sick time going down the yeah. slide. yeah. There's a little sign as you go into the park with a couple of little flying saucers on it saying, welcome to the Grange, blah, 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 with like little weird runes and like a strange writing on it. They've bloody cashed in on it. <laughs> so as much as they tried to cover it up back in the 60s, now yeah. they're just like. Now they're just rubbing in our faces. Yeah. It's like, eh, we can fucking just go with this now. Did you guys hear about the trees at that particular playground? Oh, yes. This is where my rabbit hole comes in. Oh, Okay. So we'll start with what, what the trees actually are. So, I mean, do you mean the species of tree? No, or just, but like just what the... Yeah, so this guy, Peter Maxwell Slattery. That's the guy I was thinking of. Yeah. Peter Maxwell Slattery, local bloke. Yep. He said he went to a Travis Walton seminar. Mm. Travis Walton was the guy who was taken away for five days by aliens, the fire in the sky guy. Remember that movie? Fire in the sky? I don't think so. Come out in the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. Top Gun. No, no Fire, Fire in the, the Sky. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he went to this conference that he gave and he said that he went back to the area where he was abducted all that time ago and all the pine trees were like curved, mm. bending in towards sort of where things happened. And yeah, this Peter Maxwell guy is walking around the car park of this, this little area out at bloody Westall where the UFO come down. I'm sure the trees were going straight up at this. Well, you would think that being that, you know, trees, trees grow. generally go straight in a line. Mm. Yep. <laughs> but they are actually kind of weirdly bent. Yeah, right. But not like just like, you know, there's no straight lines in nature or that kind of thing. They, they, look, they look quite curved. Right. <laughs> like weirdly curved. Are there other, and this is just a general question. Like yeah. I, I wonder general if that's- arborist question. Yeah, uh, I'm sure any arborist listening could answer. Like, is that just a thing that pine trees do in some places? Well, I'm not sure they're actually pine trees. <laughs> or whatever the trees are. I think they were pine. Were they? I don't know. What I don't know. Arborist. Little, little pine cops. Yep. But they were, it was a thing that they, they were kind of curving in towards the car park. So I don't know whether that's just a thing of, like, the fact that there's no trees next to it that they naturally grow to, to like, lean towards a space. Or the light. Or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Wind. But he was like, he was flat out, yeah, this is, look at this. These trees are curved in. So I saw that another one of those guys' videos, uh, UFO clusters in Melbourne. Yeah. And this guy's YouTube video is just all UFO sightings yeah. in Melbourne, yeah. Uh, and the one that I looked at just looked like someone had let off like a school project where they put those little, you know, hot, fake hot air balloons. Yeah. Or right. Not fake, but hot air balloons. And he was just miles and he just zoomed right in. Mm. And so just like white specks and they're just kind of floating. Yeah. I think this is just a school project too. Yeah. There was a, I did see a couple of his that looked kind of weird. Like the thing that was, when he zoomed up on it, you could see it was like something metallic looking that was like doing all these weird shape changes and stuff. I was like, that is a bit fucking weird. I can imagine maybe it's just a bit of cellophane foil that flew up <laughs> yeah. in the sky and it's just flipping around. But 
Yeah, this guy seems to spot a lot of UFOs. I, I reckon if I was building a UFO, I wouldn't want it changing shape while I was hovering. Well, it depends. What if you're sitting in the bridge and it moves? Because ah. you're thinking too, too three-dimensional, too this, this bloody vibration of existence. This earthly plane. Yeah, that's yeah. classic Robbo. Classic yeah. Robbo. He's Sorry. like not thinking interdimensionally enough. Mm. So this guy- Get that out of my system. This guy went off like, I was like, oh yeah, UFO nut. But he went way out there. Have you heard of the ERC? The Elo- Elohim Representative Council. So Elohim is like a, a Hebrew word meaning like God of men. But the Elohim Representative Council is a collection of beings from the Elohim from the geometric light realm. The geometric light realm? Yeah, the, from the blueprint vibration. Yep. Pretty sure I went to a rave there once. Yeah. <laughs> blueprint vibration played. So Crow Castle. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's castle, but it's okay. Um, so <laughs> in our sector of space... The faction of the ERC is made up of Orions, Pleiadians, and Syrians. Obviously, we've talked about Sirius. It's bloody our closest star neighbor. And star nations are part of the ERC also include Arcturians, Andromedans, Aldebarians, Alpha Centurions, and Lyrians. It is convenient that the names that they have relate to the names that we've given stars yeah. on Earth. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if they planted them in our minds. Yeah, well, obviously. That's, yeah. Yeah. Foolish, um, foolish. So the, the ERC also reaches into other realms. So it's not just our realm. Other realms, other levels of existence. And all of us can contact these beings who are part of the ERC. The key to do it, love. Oh, oh. it is a rave. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, people trying to deceive us, bad forces. Yep. But the love, truth... They're the key. Non-judgment, compassion for all. Yep. That's how you get through to these guys. Sounds a bit creepy to me. Yeah. Anyway, I got down this little rabbit hole of the Elohim. Yep. So it's a it's a Hebrew word synonymous with God the Father. Uh, but there's a psalm, Psalm 82, talks about the divine council in which God, Elohim, is talking to other gods but sm- Lowercase g gods. Okay. But they're also referred to as Elohim. But so is also the the place is referred to as Elohim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the early days. They were like, we've only got so many words. Yeah, we can't. We've only got <laughs> it's, it's a smurf situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, the, the thing is him is God judging amongst the gods. So Elohim judging other gods. Yeah. And Psalm 89 also refers to this as the assembly of the holy ones. And it says, who is holy among the sons of gods? Now the sons of gods are the Behana Elohim, who are the fallen angels who took their own wives, gave birth to? Nephilim. Yes. Ah, yes. Ten points, Robbo. Yeah. Suck it, Cam. Man, I didn't realise this was we were scoring this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, ten me, nil you. So yeah, Genesis six talks about the the uh, Benaha Benaha Elohim taking their own wives. So they the Elohim created life on earth in their own image. Yep. From another dimension. This guy talks a lot about um the source. The Elohim are us, we are the Elohim and they are the source. And 
uh, they created the first humans in this realm, split from the geometric something or other. And Is it the ge- the geometra? Was it something like no, that? No, no. So there's the geometric light realm, which is our realm. Yep. Oh, and that's our realm, the geometric light realm. Yeah. Okay. The Elohim work closely with the Metatron. That's the one. Can we just press pause for a second? Because there's too much math I'm trying to hold in my head. Yeah, yeah. 82 adds up to 10. Yep. That other number adds up to 17. Plus 6 for Genesis 6. Add all those bloody numbers together. Here we get a sneaky 33. Oh, I didn't even come Holy across hell. that. Fuck. <laughs> Cam. You blown it right open. Sorry, I had to get it out because I was like, I can't hold this in here. (laughs) So the Metatron is the master of the Electron. Yep. Electrons. It's a pretty good thing to be master of. Uh, And the the Metatron works in sync with the light blueprint. blueprint. Wow. I'm so lost. And then he also goes on to talk about the Archangel Michael. So he kind of goes from other interdimensional beings being like what created us, but then direct biblical references of like the angel Michael <laughs> who protects us and keeps order through all the different realms. Now this guy was also on sunrise. Yep. At one point. Wait, Koshi? <laughs> no, this, this guy, Michael, whatever his name was, he was on sunrise talking about UFOs sounding pretty cooked. <laughs> <laughs> and they referred to him as the former rapper turned business management uh, worker. Okay. Did we? Lo- did you locate any of his raps? No, I didn't get a chance to look up his raps. Huh? Maybe if, like we your, can, if we can find one, we'll close the podcast with it. Your priorities are completely out of order. Oh, no. Yeah. Especially given that he's a skip hopper like yourself. Yeah. yeah. This is true. So, yeah, he he went from, oh, look, some UFOs to just deep, like deep shit that we've been coming across from these other YouTubers. I want to make a couple of points about that, that whole – uh, well done, by the way. Yeah. Salty, that was great. Um, first point is your notebook yeah. is just going to be gold if anyone finds I know we've said this in the past, but yeah. when a bloody copper finds that yeah. after you've disappeared, after a UFO's appeared, yeah, man, you I don't know what they're going to think. Well, they're going to open up and they're going to go, we don't know where to start. There's yeah. so many suspects in here. Yeah. <laughs> where do we the Masons, the Illuminati. <laughs> Harp. The uh, the other thing, I like how you're slowly becoming kind of our authority on ancient races <laughs> and biblical races. Uh, you found your niche and I'm loving it. This is what I was talking about before. <laughs> Back to Westall. It's like we've shot through to another whole other dimension. Yeah. As if we just passed through Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Yep. Shot back to our own reality. I so what th- happened in Westall? I think probably nothing. Mm. Mass and, hysteria? Uh, yeah, kids are pretty like... Rubbish. Yeah. I've said this already, but you know what I mean? Like a tiny thing can just be blown up to the greatest thing of all time in a schoolyard. I feel like something had to have happened to that Tanya kid Mm. that required some sort of medical attention. Well, if someone faints at school, Mm. especially in the 60s, you're not getting an ambulance. You're telling them to toughen up. Smelling salts under their nose. Yeah. Get up, walk it off. I think something happened. Maybe she got hit by the weather balloon. Something like something happened. I don't like. I don't know. I tend to believe more the story that no teachers saw it. That it was just the kids, because I could see a thing going around a school really quickly, especially at play lunch. Yeah, as a UFO and it just all gets out of control. And I can totally see the sensible adult reaction to all this being to tell them stop talking about this. You're being silly. Yeah, yeah. You fucking yeah, you've given yeah. Tanya a fucking nervous breakdown. Yeah, uh, she's after, not coming back after two days. Mm. You're like, it's no longer UFO season. Yeah. 
going to do it again next year for two days. Yeah. Fucking stop. Shut your little mouths. I don't want to hear about it. We're doing bloody maths. And like some guy has, the thing is, you know, you've got these men in black coming out and shutting down a TV interview and saying, get back inside. Hmm. But it's like, this is a little, they were like high school kids, but like year sevens or something. You tend to forget that like people in high school are children. Yes. Like, yeah, in year 12, you're like nearly 18 or whatever. But like, we're talking about like 14 year olds, 13 year olds. Yep. It's like any sort of authority figure. It's probably just someone from the Department of Education who's had to come out and clean up this fucking mess. Also, if Channel 9 were there filming it, I feel like that's a bit of a scoop. Yeah. You'd run with that on the news. Yeah. So or what, unless they were... The also, guy from the Department of Education is like, we don't want this fucking reflecting badly on our school. Yeah, well, what's happened... <laughs> Especially is, not out east. What's happened is he's like, you know, get back inside, stop being stupid. And then he said to the camera guy, it's like, what are you doing? You can't interview these children without, at the very least without permission from their parents. Yeah. Stop doing that. But he cams robbed this whole thing up. What yeah. a classic, a classic cover-up. I did see one video where it was like... So many people saw his like, his, there's two options. Option number one, you know, so many people saw it more than anything else in the world. This is the most concrete proof we have that aliens have come to earth. Mm. So many eyewitnesses. Undeniable. The solidest proof ever. Option two though, it was a hoax. Someone has telepathically planted uh, <laughs> this image into all of their heads. It's like a ghost in the shell situation. Yeah. You know those classic hoaxes where you have to be a telepath? <laughs> Maybe it had something to do with the fluoride in the water. Oh, no doubt. Were they even fluoriding water back then? don't know. Maybe that the was dose test, a bit wrong. test case. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, you know, recess gets a little out of control sometimes. Yeah, kids getting stabbed over apples. Yeah. Where is this coming from? A lot of shit happened in Westport game. <laughs> so we don't want to. There's nothing about maybe some experimental military aircraft. There was a, there's an airfield nearby. Like it was mentions one. of that, but I couldn't find any concrete information yeah, about it. Marabin Airport is like, oh, literally a stone throw away. Yeah, I reckon we'll have a listener that's got that's been in Melbourne all their lives. They live out that way. They know the they know the scoop. Don't add us. No, I'm kidding. Add no, us. Add us. Totally <laughs> add us. Yeah. Do we want to uh, wrap this one up or you got a bit more? No, I think that's about it. That's it. Yeah. Well, it was either a weather balloon or it was a secret military operation, which even then I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. It's probably just nothing. Also in Australia, if you're doing secret military operations, there's enough space to do yeah. it where no one yeah. is. <laughs> Who's doing a secret military operation at Moorabbin Air Base? Yeah. You can go out into the middle of fucking nowhere. You could do it. Yeah, Moorabbin Air Base, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> go to Woomera. Where you do all your other fucking cooked experiments. Yeah. yeah. All right. Housekeeping. Bit of housekeeping. Now, I think uh, part of your rabbit hole gave you a little tiny bit of housekeeping. Yeah. So so Peter Maxwell Slattery also had a bit of s- stuff to say about Bigfoot. Okay. So one of our theories about Bigfoot. That seems away from his remit if he's yeah. Melbourne UFOs. So you think Melbourne UFOs, angels, Nephilim, also Big Feet. So one of our theories of Bigfoot was that he's not quite in our realm, not quite in another realm. The, Str- Stranger Things situation. The troll theory. Yeah, the troll theory. Mm-hmm. Not the Stranger Things theory. 
Because it's real. It's real. Oh, sorry. Um, so this guy. Yeah, I remember he struggled with this one too, didn't he? Yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, so this guy says that he there was a time where he lived in Queensland and he was out in the middle of nowhere. He turned around and suddenly encountered a really large, like much taller than him, humanoid figure mm. with no neck, red eyes. Bloody rugby league player, by yeah. the sound of it. I think one of the Reds was out there. <laughs> so he, um, the Reds a team? The rugby team, rugby union team. Yeah. Oh, Don't. One of the Broncos was out there. Yeah. Um, so, but he said instead of having hair covering him, he was covered in sticks and twigs. So he was like a shambling mound sort of... Swamp thing scenario. Swamp thing scenario. But he said when he saw him, everything in his vision took on a red cast and he felt that this thing was shifting interdimensionally. It wasn't quite there. Yeah. But he got a very positive vibe from it. Oh, yeah. It was like he had heard other people talking about encountering Bigfoot, mm. this interdimensional Bigfoot, and it was quite negative. But he's saying that he had a quite a... Quite a positive thing from him. And then, bang, gone. Just, every, whoa, everything's back to normal. Wow. Whew. Another time, he said he was doing weights in a caravan. As you do. He said there was the only place he had room to do his curls. It's good to, I, I like when things are oddly specific. Yeah. Um, you know, good writing is specific, as they yeah. say. He got, he was, telepathically was told to look outside the window. He looked yep. and he saw a figure go past and his description of it was, it was kind of like the predator. It was just like a shimmering light being that went by at least 10 foot tall. And he had a mate who was into remote viewing. He had a mate who was really good oh, at so remote the, viewing. The predator didn't have a mate with him. No, no, this guy's <laughs> mate who said, he, his remote viewing mate said, you know, where you live, you get visited by a Bigfoot quite often. And he, he referred to getting goosebumps as getting smashed with energy. Yep. And he goes, oh, I'm getting I'm getting smashed while I'm even talking about it. But he said in his walk from the pro- <laughs> in his walk from the property to the caravan where he was staying, he would get to a point every time he'd walk and he'd just get this shiver of like he'd get smashed with goosebumps. Jeez. And this was apparently this was apparently the Bigfoot coming near him, just letting him know that he's there. Just yeah, yeah bro, I'm here. Don't worry. Got this. Just a simple high would do it. Yeah. But this was all when he lived out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And he said there was a dude in Canada who recorded noises of Bigfoot that sounded similar to the noises he'd hear outside his caravan. Now, you think, yeah, out bush, yowies, probably just a yowie. Yeah. Yep. But when him and his wife moved to Melbourne, since they've been here, if they were like talking about Bigfoot or that encounter or something like that, he said every time they would talk about it at night, they would hear these big smashing footprints coming up their step right to their front door and then would just stop. Like heavy thumping, mm. like giant footsteps come up to the door and then stop, go away, there's nothing there. And he'd get communicated with to say, interdimensionally obviously, yeah. that that was also Bigfoots around Melbourne hanging around, just going, just letting you know. So, we hear. So the Bigfoots can hear, like, say if he's having a natter with his, his missus, they can hear that conversation. Yeah, they're everywhere, like, mate. They're interdimensional. Hell. I am 100% serious when I hope I don't hear any loud banging this evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're editing this in the dark <laughs> of your yeah. own. Yeah. 
So yeah, this guy's this guy's big on the interdimensional Bigfoot theory. Okay. Now, Robbo, did you have something you wanted to address? We had some banter on Twitter about this. Yeah, and I don't know why you're so against it. It's just stupid. It's just uh, so the Mandela. I'm just gonna plow right through the Mandela effect. Writing experiment. Uh, No, it was on one of the Mandela effect subreddits. Yep. Uh, Guy has posited. Why are we still calling it the Mandela effect? Mandela Mandela effect. Whatever. (laughs) Oh, Nelson Mandela. A bloody, a bloody castle over there, Castle Castle. Oh, you go. Mm. Get it over um, with. Australia doesn't exist. Yeah, good this person uh, has decided that maps have look different now. Right, Australia's either moved or um, it just doesn't exist completely. Now, are they comparing a modern map to one that was drawn in like 1590? There were a few map comparisons. Uh, there was a few people saying that yeah, definitely it was nowhere near as close to Indonesia and, and Papua New Guinea as it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, was anyone saying you're just ripping off that viral troll from like a few months ago? You got lots of fake internet points, and we here on Reddit are also in the business of earning fake internet points. What was the troll? Oh, someone like Australia doesn't exist. Exactly this. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? This woman went on Facebook. She's like, "Here's all the reasons why Facebook doesn't exist." And all of these people are in the comments, like, "What are you talking about? You must be crazy." And after she's like, "Yeah, no, of course it exists, you idiots." He um, also this, that's what they made us say though. Yeah, this person also used Lost as a bit of a reference. All the numbers in Lost added up to some some power numbers, and the plane in Lost left from Sydney. Yeah, do you understand why I said this wasn't good enough? Well, because you sat there and ripped on it. If you had a bloody helped, this would have been a good good conversation. I missed you guys talking about this on Twitter completely. Basically, we, what did we learn about peace and love earlier? Cam's just tearing it down. Sorry. No, no, don't apologise, it's too around. late. It's too You're late. never going to communicate with the bloody Elohim through your third eye, are you? Yeah, <laughs> you fucking idiot. All right. <laughs> why, would they, why are we ganging up on me? Uh, if people want to find us, where can they do so? I'll tell you where. Hypothepod on Twitter, hypotheticalinstitute.com and uh, Hypothetical Institute on Facebook. Leave us a, leave us a comment or two. Hmm. Jump leave on the it, iTunes. Yeah, leave us a review mm-hmm. and a rating. I think you can even rate us on Stitcher. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Ale of the Time, everywhere good beer is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get me at, at Saltmarsh on Twitter and Andrew Saltmarsh Illustration on Facebook. And just let me throw out a plug to my friend's podcast who I'm actually on this week. All right. Crossover. Uh, I think in a couple of days, the Andy Social Podcast. Andy Social Podcast on Facebook. Go there and check it out. But then they're going to be listening to that and they're like, hear the plug for this podcast. Yeah. Look, it's stuck in a loop. Get in a loop. That's all right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sexenheimer and on Facebook and iTunes at Gather Around Me for my other podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Need a shower cause my dick is itchy and scratchy Hey, you smell your own shit, yeah When I stick my dick in your eye My dick is double digits, I wanna